unfortunately we can't see that, right? We can't see the future, which I'm, I'm pretty glad I can't actually. <laughs> same, um, same. I want to, but I'm glad I can't. <laughs> yeah. Like in some ways it would be nice, but in other ways it's like, why would I want to know? Because what, because then I wouldn't be taking advantage of today. Mm, you know? yeah. Like yeah. if I knew what was going to happen, would I actually be like living my life today? my soul sister. Welcome to the happy, purposeful, and free podcast, where we are all about living our brightest, most authentic, kick-ass life that we actually love. My name's Katrina, and I'm your guide, obsessed with giving you the tools to help you get from where you are now to where you want to go in life, relationships, and business. This podcast is all about having fun, showing you there is more to the sober life, and the real talk as we share inspiring stories, tips, and tricks to help you boldly pursue your life. You are not alone in this deal, so let's do this thing together. Leslie, I'm so, so grateful that you're here. I'm so excited for this conversation, and uh, I've really been looking forward to this because I know that we just kind of get each other on a whole other level, so it's going to be so much fun talking to you and sharing um, your story and what you do with everybody. Just thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I'm always honored when people are willing to come share themselves with my audience. Well, I totally appreciate you having me on here. I am excited to open up, share all the things, and we will see kind of what unfolds. I have a very interesting story, so hopefully there's some good tidbits for your audience. Yay. Yes. Looking forward to it. First, I love asking people this question and I'm really curious when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh man. I wanted to be a teacher actually. (laughs) That's awesome. So did I. That was one of the things, but yeah, that's so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know exactly why I wanted to be a teacher. I don't know. I was really, I was like the good girl, right? I always did what was expected of me got all the good grades. Like I, like for fun, I would like make lessons and then like complete them <laughs> like for myself. Like who does that? Like I, I would do. I, yeah, I totally did that. And I don't know, my mom was a teacher and a coach. Um, so I don't know if that's where it came in, you know, that whole interest there, but yeah, I wanted to be a teacher. So I'm not a teacher though. No. That's well, you are in a way, it just looks differently for sure. But that's so funny because I always think about this when I ask people, I wanted to be a teacher and a lawyer and like all these other things. But I remember standing in front of my bedroom, like pretending there was a classroom out there, and I would be up there teaching lessons and yelling at the kids because they wouldn't be quiet. And I'd use like real kids' names for my classroom. So it'd be like, Michael, sit down and shut like all of the things. So I'm just giggling when you said that because I can totally relate. Okay, do you remember? Oh man, we're gonna I'm gonna age myself now. Um I forget what those things were called, but they had the light on and they would project like the image onto the wall. Projectors. Yeah, yeah light projectors. And you could like write on it and like, oh yeah. So like we have one of those at like my house for some reason. I don't know if it's like 
extra or whatever, but like, yeah, I would totally use that thing all the time. I'm so jealous. I didn't have one of those and I would have died to have one of those things. They were so much fun. Yeah. That's, that's part of my story there. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. I love you even more now. Like, oh my gosh, that's so, so awesome. What is one of the most bravest things that you've ever done in your life? Oh man. Um, I feel like there's been a bunch. So (laughs) just good, right? Good and bad. Um, I think one of the most brave things, well, two, here's the two that come to mind first. Okay. The first thing that came to mind was I am a breast cancer survivor. Mm. Um, I was diagnosed at the age of 25 and I had to make the decision at that point, like how I wanted to go about my treatment. Um, and I chose, uh, to have a double mastectomy and reconstruction after that. Um, and I think that was probably like one of the first like major decisions I like made as an adult, right? Like, I mean, obviously like, yeah, I made decisions as, as an adult before that, but that was one that was like, had a long term impact on my life. Right. I wasn't married at the time. I don't have, I didn't have any kids. Um, and the impact that would have, on you know, that relationship you could have with potential kids and not being able to breastfeed and that whole like mother child bond, like those were all things like I had to grapple with and think about. Um, so I think just like facing that diagnosis, like head on at the age of 25, which is kind of crazy. Um, I feel like that was a pretty brave thing to do. Um, Oh, absolutely. That's incredible. I don't think I knew that part of your story. And I was like, wow, at 20, I could not imagine at 25. I couldn't imagine now, but just wow. Yeah. And like, and that's the thing, right? Like you never, you're like, how would you ever handle something like that coming up at, at any age? And, and honestly, like, you don't think about it, right? Like until you're faced in that situation, you know, you just don't think about it. So yeah, don't, I mean, I don't feel super brave because of that, but like, I do feel like that was a time where I was like forced to make a pretty big decision. Um, and that, you know, took to courage and bravery and all the things. Um, let's see, the other one I would say would be, when I, I was a basketball player and I grew up playing basketball. So that was like teacher coach. That's like the whole thing with my, my story. And I had a really bad knee injury. I had a full ride scholarship to the university of Michigan. Um, and I, I had to give up basketball in order to be able to like be as functional as I am physically right now, because my knee was that bad. Mm-hmm. And like, to give something up that I worked my entire life to achieve for like the, I had to give it up for the rest of my life. Right. So I feel like that was a pretty brave decision as well. So two pretty like big decisions from the ages of like 18 to 25. <laughs> yeah. time. Oh my gosh. No kidding. Those are, those are big decisions and not every person out there would be brave enough to make the decisions that you did you know, they would, they would hustle through or push through, or they would go off for the treatment in hopes of, especially when you're talking about reconstructing your body, but, and something being that you love being taken away from you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. That was the thing with like, with basketball, that was, you know, that was something that I had loved for so long. Um, but then you get to the point where, it, you know, it's so painful that you start to have a really bad relationship with it. Um, so by the time I gave it up, it, it was, I was okay with it, but it did take me some time to like find myself. Right. Like I totally lost my identity. I had no idea. Like, what do I do now? Like, that was my life. Like, what am I supposed to do with myself? You know, it's kind of interesting what you just said there, like in relation to, you know, that basketball, but you said, what do you do? There's something that you love and then it turns into a bad relationship and you have to choose to like, give it up. How many times does that happen in life? Like in any areas or even with people or things or, oh my gosh, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it does. It does happen quite often. Yeah. I mean, things that like things that we think are the right fit for us, right? Whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, um, whether it's a community, whether it's a hobby, a sport, like, you know, you start something for for a reason. And usually it's a very valid and good reason. But, you know, as you go through it, you might realize, well, this isn't really serving me or I'm not really getting out of this what is best for me. And it can be super hard to let those things go. But if you don't, you might be in a worse spot down the road. And, you know, we unfortunately, we can't see that, right? We can't see the future, which I'm, I'm pretty glad I can't actually. <laughs> same, um, same. I want to, but I'm glad I can't. <laughs> Yeah, like in some ways it would be nice, but in other ways it's like, why would I want to know? Because what? Because then I wouldn't be taking advantage of today. Mm, you know? yeah. Like yeah. if I knew what was going to happen, would I actually be like living my life today? I don't uh-huh. know. It's a really interesting question, right? So. It is. It, it, t- it totally is. So before we go too much further into all of that, because I know there's a lot of goodness in there share with everyone like what it is you do and where you're from just a little bit more about yourself. Okay. So I live in Michigan, just outside of Detroit. Currently I am a nutrition coach and I also still work full-time as a physician assistant. So I work in medicine. I've been doing that for 11 years now. So mainly in orthopedics, but also surgery type of things. So Um, In terms of coaching, I fell in love with um, coaching a couple of years ago when I went through my own kind of health and weight loss journey. I found myself in a place where I woke up and I didn't even recognize who I was anymore. Um, I felt like crap all the time. Energy levels were low. I just like knew that there was something more for me personally, and I couldn't like figure out what that was. Um, but I knew one thing what, like, because of my athletic history, I was just like this, I don't really like the way I feel. I don't like the way I look. My confidence was in the crapper. Um, so I hired a coach of my own and I went on my own weight loss journey. And in the process of doing that, I like the light bulb went off. You know, you have those moments when you're like, things are supposed to happen a certain way. So during my own journey, the light bulb went off and I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like that's, this is where like the teacher coach thing comes out on me is, is this, um, is to help other people do the same thing, right. The same thing that I did. So, 
Um, so that's what I do. Now I help women like get rid of the restrictions and fall in love with food. Like I love food. If you follow me at all, <laughs> which I hope you do on Instagram is like, I love food and I post about food like all the time. Um, I'm, so I'm always very- dying over your food posts. I freaking love them. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Can you come make that for me, please? <laughs> you know, like there is a part of me that probably was supposed to be like in the culinary like world at some point, but um yeah. So now I just I just love I love food. I love all of it. So, and how we can use food to like get the results that we want. Yeah, I love that so much. You do. I mean, you guys have to go follow her over on Instagram, if nothing else, for her food posts, because I'm always like, oh, my God, that's so good. And the French toast you make and think I'm like, this girl is gorgeous. And I know she works hard for what she does. But look at she actually gets to eat. And so you're showing that to people. And I think it's such an important message. Like, because that's not what we always see out there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we like, it's, you know, it's getting better. I think there's been, there's like been a turn over yeah. the last few years, but like, I remember like growing up, like all we would see it, well, we had magazines, right? Like we didn't have the internet. <laughs> um, like, so we had magazines that were telling us in order, like in order to be like thin, this is what you had to do. Or like you were, we were all trying to chase this like ideal and it wasn't, it's not super, it wasn't super healthy. It never will be super healthy, but like, yeah, just using food and the benefits of food. Um, that's my thing. Mm, I love it so, so much. Uh, I would love for you to share with us about your, cause you're on the sober journey yourself. Yeah. What's that yeah. been like for you? Like what, at what point, were, where were you at in your life when you decided, okay, it's time that I surrender and to put down the bottle, what was going on for you? Oh, there is a lot going on. Okay. <laughs> so you can see if you're watching the video of this, I'm over here, LaCroix. I think that's how you say it. Um, it's kind of my, my thing now. So let's see. I've been sober since August 7th of 2013. So a few months shy of eight years now. And so what was happening at that time? And I will be completely honest. It was not something that was on my radar. Okay. So um sometimes things happen outside of you that initially you don't understand but they're actually for your ultimate good um so at the time I was married and wasn't super happy with how things were going um I'd never thought of myself as like a problem drinker before this um but what now you know looking back I could definitely see that like when I did drink, which I wasn't an everyday drinker, but when I did drink, like I had the, usually had the full intention of like, I'm going to take this like all the way, (laughs) which, which I did on a number of, you know, occasions. And I probably did acted that way or, um, for a few years, right? Like, and nothing really, nothing bad ever really came of it other than really sucky hangovers. And then there was a time I was, you know, like I said, I wasn't super happy in my marriage at the time. And he was a pretty big, big drinker as well. Um, and it just started to become like more and more often, right? Like, and I wasn't happy at my job and like there was a whole bunch of things going on. I was still like 
recovering and like not dealing with the whole breast cancer thing very well. Like there would be times I just get super down on myself for everything that had gone on. And, um, there was one occasion and it's a very specific day where I went home with the very, the, the intention, like I had the intention of like, I'm going to get shit face drunk tonight. <laughs> um, and so I did, I definitely did. I, I wasn't, you know, driving, I was, at home, but I use my phone as my alarm and most people do nowadays, but, um, my phone died. I didn't plug it in because I was out of it. Right. I was pretty much blackout drunk and I was supposed to work the next day. And guess what? Guess who didn't get up for work? Me. Mm. And guess who was in no condition to go to work? Me. <laughs> yeah. And so what you know, I, I will be, so I work in health, you know, I work in healthcare and I'll be very like open and honest about all of this. As I went in later that day, like around noon, um, and I probably should have just taken the whole day off, honestly. And I told a couple of my coworkers, like where I was because they, they, they couldn't get a hold of me. My phone was dead, all of the things. Right. So they thought maybe I got an accident because I like, I'm the responsible one. I'm like, you know, I'm always the one that shows up on time. I'm there every day. Like I do what needs to be done. I'm a rule follower. But then I had this other side of me who was like, you know, when I party, I partied hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I told them what happened and I don't know who it was and it doesn't matter who it was. Right. Like sometimes we want to know, like, who said something, but Mm -hmm. in reality, it doesn't matter who it was. Right. I think initially I I was very angry. Okay. So this, you know, initially I was very angry, but now I look back and I'm like, I honestly would want to thank whoever it was. And maybe it was a couple of people. Um, but they were concerned about me and they brought their concerns to human resources, which, okay. Um, and so I got called in to HR, (laughs) you know, it's never good when you get called into HR at your job, right? You're like, heart rate starts going really fast. You're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Yeah. And like, and like I said, like I had never, like, I've never been in trouble. Like at that point I had never been in trouble my whole life, never had a speed. Like I still haven't had a speeding ticket, like nothing. And like, this is going on and I, they're like, you know, your coworker or whoever we have some concerns about you and why you didn't show up the other day and like all of this. So in the healthcare realm, um, in like the whole drug or alcohol addiction world, you know, it doesn't discriminate, right? Like Mm, it doesn't just, doesn't matter what job you hold or anything. It affects everybody the same percentage, you know? So there are, there, there's something called the Health Professional Recovery Program. Um, it's called H, well, HPRP. It's a way to help people who work in the health professions and other professions um, get help. Because guess what? Like, we're no different than anybody else. We're all, we're all humans. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of that was... I started going to AA meetings. I started to see a, like a therapist. Um, I had to do a few other things. I had to get like randomly drug tested for three years. So this is a three year program that I went into. Wow. Um, 
So I, yeah, randomly got, you know, drug, I had to do urine drops for three years. Wow. <laughs> um, and started going to AA meetings. So my other brave thing I would say would be like walking into my very first like AA meeting and being like, oh my God, like what, like what is going on? <laughs> and like, you know, every, you know, people know obviously like that you're new, but everybody's like so welcoming and kind and like, you know, like ask your name and all of the things. So yeah, that was like, that was the start of my sobriety journey. And, you know, honestly, like I said, the beginning, I was super angry because I didn't understand, right? As most of us, like, yeah, we don't oh, yeah. in the beginning, we think like, we know it all. And then it, you get to that point where you're like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's really not the best way to be living my life. And um, ever since then, I've been sober. Yeah, I, I love that. I have a couple of those moments where at the time I was angry and it wasn't until I was sober that I realized it was for my greater good, right? Mm-hmm. And kudos to you. I mean, we all have our different paths, but to walk into a meeting, I mean, you could have just stayed sober and not necessarily, I mean, less meetings were required and yeah, they, were required. they were required. Okay. But still walking into a meeting, you know, and just like going and showing up and, and doing that. But then what changed for you? What, what was that turning point where you decided that you were worth this sober life? You know, I, I wish I would remember like the time that it was, but it did take, it did take some time. Um, it probably took a good like year, even maybe longer um, to realize that like, you know, actually this, this way of living is a lot better for me. Um, you know, things, things just got better, right? Like mm-hmm. I felt better. Um, I ended some relationships that weren't very healthy for me. Um, I built new relationships that like were supportive and, you know, all of the things that you're looking for and, and friendships. And yeah, I just like, I finally felt in a way that I had started to find myself. Um, cause like I said, like when I quit the basketball thing, it's like I lost my identity. Mm. And I think honestly, from that point on, in, and even to like, even to this day now, I, so, I still sometimes feel like, who am I like truly on the inside? Um, because we, we I'm, an, I'm an achiever, right? So like, I like to find my identity in things that I do um, and how I perform. Mm. So like when, when those performance things are taken away, so like the basketball thing got taken away and then, oh yeah, then you have cancer. And then, oh yeah, then you like, you have to go through this um, re- sober recovery journey. You know, it's like, it's like break, it was breaking me down and I, and I honestly like wouldn't change any of it because it's like part of who I am today. And for the most part, I like who I am today. <laughs> most days. <laughs> there are moments where I'm like, oh my God. But um, for the most part, you know, I'm, I'm pretty content with, with who I am. Yeah. So. I'm kind of curious as to what made you decide this path of entrepreneurship or even more so, okay, two questions, this path of entrepreneurship and what made you decide to go hire a coach for your own nutrition journey? Because if I know you well enough, 
Like I know myself, we're going to try to do it on our own. And there are some, this isn't true for all areas. This isn't true for everything, but there are some stigmas out there. Like there's only this way. And if you use this program, it's going to take you through everything through life. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so turning that, like what made you decide to go get help and what made you decide then to go along the entrepreneurial journey? So I, yes, you nailed it on the head when you said I would try to do all the things on my own because I did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and that's, that's pretty typical in, you know, the weight loss or health world. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I kept trying things, but I don't know if I wasn't fully committed or maybe it was, I was afraid of actually succeeding. Um, but I was never able to keep myself accountable to the level, um, that would result in the way I wanted to feel. And I, and honestly, as a coach now, I, I tell people up front, I'm like, this is 90% mindset work and 10% about the food. Um, if we can get your, if we can change your mindset and your relationship with food, and honestly, you're probably your relationship like with yourself, um, you know, the food part's easy. Like that, that part will come. It's, it's the barriers that we have and that we've built in our own heads that keep us where, keep us stuck where we are. And, And that's where I was. Like I was literally stuck and you know, I worked, a, I was working a stressful job, lots of hours. I was commuting over two hours a day back and forth. And it was just, I was stuck. I just couldn't figure it out on my own, but having somebody else come in and just be like, well, you know, change these, like just adjust these few little things, or maybe think about it this way instead of that way. And I was just like, Oh, you know, okay. Light bulbs, like, like they start going off. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, I was, I mean, I was pretty much at my wit's end. It was like, it was either hire a coach or settle the way I was. And I'm not a person who likes to settle. Mm. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm hiring a coach then. And, and the rest is history there. Um, in terms of like what brought me into entrepreneurship, hmm. Well, um, I want to say really quick, I think that's so important. What you just shared there, like, Okay it's not always, it's not the food necessarily. It's that accountability. It's getting that outsider's perspective because clearly what you were doing was not working. It didn't make you dumb or not right or bad or any of those other things. Like, like I just can't figure this out. It's just, there's somebody who might know a different way. And so getting that accountability, getting that different perspective is so, so key And I think in any area, when we're trying to grow or do something different and we're feeling stuck, like there's a reason you're, you know, these things, this is what you're familiar with, what you're comfortable with. And so getting that outsider's help is like, it's gold. Plus you don't go through it alone. And it's a lot more fun when you're not going through it by yourself. Yeah. And it's definitely more fun when you're in a group or working with somebody because yeah, there are days where you just want to throw in the towel. Yeah. Uh, There still are days when you want to throw in the towel. And, and I do, I'm going to like piggyback on what you just said there is like, I didn't, I didn't feel, I mean, I, I always tell people this now with like my clients, I'm like, you're not a failure. You're not flawed. Like there's nothing wrong with you. Like 
I freaking work in medicine. Like I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I wasn't even doing it. Okay. Like, so like there's, there's like usually like a disconnect between, I mean, somewhere that happens. And, and a lot of time it's just our habits and it's just our environment and just change, like adjusting a few things. I don't like saying the word change because it's not that I change. I don't change people. Like we change ourselves, right? Like Mm -hmm. we figure out like, okay, if I want to, feel a certain way and I feel this way now like what do I have to do in order to feel that way yeah oh okay well then I have to start doing that stuff right right um so it's really I mean it's it it really is pretty simple but it's not simple to get yourself to do it all the time Mm -hmm. until you build that into your lifestyle and and it becomes who you are right so once it becomes who you are like whether that's sobriety whether that's business, whether that's weight loss, fitness, whatever it is, once it becomes a part of who you are, you never think about it again and you just do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like before we go into the net? What's it like for you to be sober in today's world? I don't even really think about it, to be honest. Um, I think it's interesting. I mean, I do think about it in some respects in terms of how normalized drinking is in our society and, and the, it kind of irritates me <laughs> like, yeah. um but you know other than that like I I used to be like a little bit self-conscious of like oh what are people gonna think like I'm not drinking and everybody's drinking I like I just tell them you know what like I wake up I feel good I mean I feel good most of the time when I wake up but if I wake up feeling bad, it's not because I have a hangover, right? right. Like, yeah, it's because there's something else. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, it's a way of honoring myself and my body now, you know, I mean, think about it, think about like what drinking is and what it does to your body. I mean, yeah, so, yeah. I don't, it doesn't even phase me. It doesn't even phase me anymore. Other yeah. than just like laughing at how like, every other commercial is about some type of alcohol. Right? I know. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm blown away by it. And of course, I had all kinds of thoughts and opinions, especially in the last year about, you know, what what businesses could stay open and what businesses couldn't, couldn't and all the things. And um, so I treaded very, I'm not going to say that. I didn't tread too lightly about it, but I was just like, okay, this is, it's crazy. And they just see it more and more now. And um, I just hope and pray for those who need to recognize there is a problem because not everybody has a problem, right? Like not everybody does, but that they get the help that they need. Mm-hmm. So definitely that. So yes, now let's talk. I'm curious about what led you on the entrepreneurial journey. So I think there's a part of me that, um, I mean, working in medicine is stressful and just imagine the last year, year and a half. Yeah. Um, but at baseline working in medicine is stressful. So you, you deal with people typically when they're feeling their worst, <laughs> in their worst moments. And it's a lot, it's a lot to, you know, there it's just, it's, it's a lot. And I'm not like looking for sympathy. I'm not looking for any of that, but it wears on you. Um, and it's, it's not about, it's too much about money now. I'll just be, I'll be frank. It's too much about money. It's not really about people. And it's not really about like doing what's best for people. It's about money and it's a business. Right. Um, 
So there's a part of me that wants to eventually transition out of medicine into a field where like I can help people prevent things from happening in the first place. Um, that to me is much more fulfilling. Um, that to me is much more, has a, I'm more passionate about that. Um, so that that's kind of what has drawn me into like the entrepreneurship world and yeah, just working, working towards, you know, being able to first go part-time and then maybe transition out. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love that. And thank you for being just so real right there. I mean, <laughs> a lot of us are thinking it, but we don't all always talk up about it. And uh, I think, you know, I already know you're making such a huge, huge impact. And you were somebody that when we first met through the uh, Fast Foundations yep. Mastermind, you were just somebody who stood out to me. And I was like, I was writing down people's names on a list of who I knew I had to connect with. And you were one of those first people. I'm like, okay, Leslie, I got to get on a call with her. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and now we're in like, now we're in like another mastermind together. It's like, yes, the- yes. So we're, we, we are. And, and just like, I believe God places people in our life for a reason. And you were one of those people who, you know, first of all, you're, you're a sober sister and I have a lot of sober friends and I've created beautiful relationships and I'm always excited to expand that, especially in this entrepreneur space. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot of other sober women and I'm making great connections with people who are not in the sober world. And actually I'm finding more and more how much people, how many people don't actually drink, you know, Mm -hmm. because who did I, I said this to somebody like the other day, I used to think that either you were an alcoholic and you drank or, or you just drank and you, you weren't an alcoholic, but I didn't know there was that in between where people, they don't drink for, you know, other reasons. I didn't know that for the longest time and it had nothing to do with the fact that they were an alcoholic. So, um, I just, I think it's what you're doing is so amazing. What do you have going on right now and how can people find you? Oh man, what do I have going on right now? So um, I'm currently finishing up an eight-week group coaching program, the Spring Shred. Um, I will probably be launching another eight-week program um, around the beginning of June, middle of June. I don't know exactly the dates quite yet. Um, Other than that, I am working uh, with clients like one-on-one, giving them like high level of support and just working them through their own journeys. And I hang out on Instagram. That's like where I don't do like the TikTok thing. Um, <laughs> I have the TikTok grill. <laughs> I know. Oh, no. I'm just, yeah, it's just a lot for me. I, I just like, can I just stick to one thing? I get it. I get um, it. So I'm on Instagram and it's at Leslie Crowley Coaching. Um, so yeah, come find me. You can look at all the food and <laughs> talk to me and ask me all the questions about all the foods. It's great. I love it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what's going on for me other than, yeah, and I still work full time. So let's kind of juggle that in there too. So I love it. I'll make sure we'll, we'll make sure to tag Leslie in the show notes. Is there anything else on your heart that you just like dying to get out? Oh man, don't like, don't ask me that like at the end. How <laughs> <laughs> would I like not prepared for that? <laughs> oh, you know, I, I I mean, I have a lot of thoughts right now, but it's a matter of if it's going to like come out the right way. Um, You know, I've spent so many years of my life, like 
living up to other people's expectations Mm. and at the expense of letting my own self down. So if I could like say anything, it's just, you don't have to live up to other people's expectations. Like figure out who you are, figure out what matters to you and make that like your focus, do what brings you joy and everything else will figure itself out. Oh my gosh. I have tears in my eyes right now because I so feel that. (laughs) I so, so feel that. So uh, I I know you guys love this episode, so you know what to do. Share it everywhere. Tag Leslie and myself. And Leslie, thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing your light with everybody. Uh, Well, thank you. This was a blast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who has a powerful story and are doing big things, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you helped me get this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way to take 60 seconds, leave me a five-star review, and share this episode with a girlfriend. Don't forget to tag me on social media, and if that's not your thing, shoot me a DM because I would like to personally thank you for doing so. We are not meant to do this life alone, and I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time.